coming up. The Nuggets are the NBA champs for 2023, reacting to a Game 5, and what that means for the Nuggets, what that means for the Heat moving forward, and just kind of looking at the playoffs overall. And then my brother came on, and we chatted about Portland and what their offseason might look like, whether that's competing with Dame, whether that's trading him and going into rebuild. So a lot of basketball talk, uh, starting with the NBA Finals coming up next. It is now official. The Denver Nuggets are the 2023 NBA champions. It looked like for a second in Game 5 that it was going to be a blowout, but then credit to the Miami Heat for essentially doing what they've been doing uh, the whole series, the whole playoffs. You know, never giving up, really putting their stamp on the game and made Denver work for it. You know, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, both sides of the picture, but while the Heat might not be the most impressive runner-up we've had, at least in the last 10 years. They made Denver earn it, and, and I think Denver showed that really they're the best team, they're the most complete team. A, a lot has been made about, you know, they beat an eight seed in the Timberwolves, then they beat the four seed in the Suns, then they played seven seed Lakers and eight seed Heat. And I know that's not exactly maybe a gauntlet compared to what, what some teams have played. But those are good teams, even if the seeds don't show that. And really, who else would have beat Denver? I think in the West, they beat the Suns, which was probably the hardest series they went through, and probably the best team in the West outside of Denver, just because they have Booker and Durant. And then they beat a Lakers team, which obviously had its struggles throughout the year. But that was a good Lakers team that they beat. And not only beat, but swept. So outside of those two teams, yes, the Grizzlies and Kings were the two and three seed. The Warriors, you know, they struggled for most of the year and the Lakers beat them relatively easily. So I don't know who else you want them to beat in the West. In the East, I mean, you could argue the Celtics just because of pure talent. You could argue the Bucks because of Giannis. But I think probably the Nuggets beat both of those teams this year. So I think it's, it's pretty fair to say Nuggets, very deserving championship. Best team, I, again, I said most complete team, which I think is very accurate. I don't think this is a case of, oh, it's just Jokic and everything works because of him. Now, yes, he's shown he's the best player in the world, which we'll get to in a second. But they won the championship because of everybody around Jokic performing up to their standard and, and really even beyond. You know, if you look back last year, Jokic, you know, he won his, his second MVP. He was, he was still one of the best superstars in the league, even though he hadn't necessarily shown that in, in the playoffs yet. But if you look at the roster last year, they had no Jamal Murray still recovering from his ACL injury. They didn't have KCP. They didn't have Bruce Brown. Some of their, those key role players that played a, a factor. So really their roster was Jokic surrounded by guys like Jeff Green, Will Barton, who I think was the second leading scorer in their, their first round matchup against the Warriors last year. So if you compare that to this year's roster, just adding Jamal Murray is huge. 
But then adding, again, those key role players, KCP, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, who was a rookie but played you know important moments throughout the series and throughout the playoffs for them. So if you put those guys in instead of Monte Morris, Will Barton, Jeff Green, still on the roster but playing a bench role now, that's a completely different roster. So yes, Jokic is amazing, and, and we'll get to him, but they won it because they were more complete. And that's, that's not a dig against Jokic. I think in, in every playoff run, in every championship team, you can make that same argument. And that's not to say that the, the superstar needs help. Well, every superstar needs help. I don't, there's not a time in any sport, in any league, outside of tennis, golf, and all those individual sports, that one player is the reason they won the championship. Right? Jordan had Pippen and Rodman and others. LeBron won his with Kyrie and Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh. Curry has won his with Klay Thompson, Draymond. It's, it's really hard to win a championship by yourself. And even the, the quote-unquote one-star teams that have won championships, you know, looking back at you know, 2011 in Dallas, Yes, it was Dirk Nowitzki, and he was great. But they just had a great team, similar to this Nuggets team, with guys that surrounded him, like Tyson Chandler, Jason Terry, Jason Kidd, Sean Marion. So you need a complete team to win a championship, and I think the Nuggets certainly were. To me, it really stood out these last two games, Game 4 and Game 5, because Jokic didn't have a, let's say, dominant last two games of the series at least compared to you know what I felt his first three games were and that's that's not looking at stats because I think even in a average Jokic game he's gonna put up 25 10 and 8 and then you'll have the dominant Jokic game which might be 35 14 and 11 but even in these two games you know there were stretches where either he you know wasn't commanding the ball or or in foul trouble, which we saw a few times. And yet, the Nuggets not only were able to keep the score where it was at, but were able to, in some cases, grow the lead. And I thought that was really telling in Game 4. It was late in Game 4. Jokic picks up his fourth foul, or excuse me, his fifth foul. And you think, okay, you know, whether you think it's the refs trying to influence something, trying to get the series tied, whatever it is, he gets his fifth foul. You're like, okay, fourth quarter, this is the Heat's chance. And the Nuggets outplayed the Heat without Jokic, even on the floor. So I think that was really telling for me. And that's essentially when I knew the series was over. I, I picked the Nuggets in five at the beginning. So I wasn't, I wasn't shocked that they won in five. But there was always a part of me that thought, okay, the Heat, they might be able to pull something out because that's what they've done. That's what they continue to do. But at the end of the day, the Nuggets were clearly the better team. And in these last two games, they've shown it's not just Jokic, which I've mentioned is what makes a good team. So moving forward, it's going to be really interesting to see how the next few years go in Denver because this isn't you know an old veteran team. Jokic is 28. He's in his prime. Jamal Murray, he's mid-20s. Michael Porter, mid-20s. 
Aaron Gordon, mid-20s. Of course, Christian Brown, he's a rookie. So this team is set up to not just win this year, but potentially dominate at least the Western Conference for the next few years. But it'll be interesting to see if that becomes the case. Because a lot has been made that the last five NBA championships have been won by different teams. You know, going all the way back to the Raptors uh, in the year before the bubble. That was with Kawhi Leonard. Then, of course, you had the Lakers, the Bucks in 2021, the Warriors last year, and then, of course, Denver this year. That's five different teams across five years. And I think pretty much in every single one, there was some you know, concern of, you know, is this the start of something or is this sort of the end of a run, right? I mean, you had the Warriors last year. Great run. Uh, obviously, lots of different storylines, especially for Curry, uh, but then for the whole Warriors dynasty. That was big, but I don't think we, we said after last year, like, okay, this is the start of something for the Warriors. No, it was pretty clearly, I don't want to say the end of their dynasty, but kind of the culminating championship, possibly. The Lakers in 2020, you know, LeBron wasn't getting any younger. And unless they were able to kind of smooth the transition from LeBron to Anthony Davis, I don't think we necessarily expected you know, a dynasty to start for the Lakers. And then, you know, five years ago, back when Kawhi was on the Raptors, ignoring his injuries, you know, there was a good possibility that he was only there for a year, which, of course, he was going over to the Clippers after that. So that wasn't necessarily just a a, a budding dynasty, let's say. That was just, you know, a great championship for Toronto, and then Kawhi ends up going to the Clippers. So I think really the only other team or championship we can compare this to is the Bucks, who won two years ago. Now, pretty easy comparison. You have Giannis, you have Jokic, probably the two best players in the league right now. And back in 2021, I think we had similar thoughts of, of Giannis that we have of Jokic right now. In this, you know, generational superstar, finally got over the hump, is entering his prime, has a great supporting cast around him. Like, this team is going to be in the hunt, at least for championships, you know, the next five, 10 years. Now, the Bucks haven't won, obviously, the last two years. Last year, uh, a tough game seven against Boston, knocks them out. And then, of course, this year, losing in the first round to Miami. Giannis gets hurt. Who knows what would have happened? You know, there's a chance if they beat the Heat that they're able to take care of business against the Knicks and then get a rematch against Boston. Who knows what would happen? But this is two years now that the Bucks haven't won. After we thought, okay, this is Giannis's league now. He's going to be dominant. And not to say he hasn't, but again, winning championships is hard. So that's why it'll be interesting for Denver, and it'll be interesting for Jokic. Can they keep up this dominance? Can they kind of put together some sort of run? Because I think what Jokic has done the last three years, you know, is all-time stuff. But now if he's going to go, you know, even farther in his legacy, in his career, this is kind of where that second chapter gets written. You know, he has the early MVPs. He won his first championship. But they're set up for, you know, a big run because of all the, the young players that I mentioned, or all the players, at least in their prime. The Nuggets should be the favorites next year and really should be the favorites the next few years. 
And so I think, you know, I would expect Giannis and the Bucks to come back. But I think those are the, really the two teams to really measure up to in the NBA, mainly because, uh, like I said, Jokic and Giannis, I think, are clear in a way the best players or at least the, the players with the, the best future, let's say, the next five years. Because you can throw in Curry if you want, but he's obviously a little older. I think those are the two teams and the two players that are going to dominate the next five years. For Jokic specifically, you know, I, I mentioned on this podcast or I, I raised the question kind of early in the playoffs, who was the best player in the NBA? And somebody you could point to and say, yep, he is, he is the king right now. And this was after Giannis lost, well, got hurt, but then obviously lost to the Heat in the first round. You know, we had been two years now since his, his NBA Finals run in 2021. So, you know, the, the door was open. And I think we mentioned, you know, guys like Steph Curry, guys like Tatum, if he could take the jump. Jimmy Butler, because that was right after he had just dominated the Bucks, And then after that, you know, we, you know, we'll talk about Jimmy and the Heat in a second. And then I mentioned Jokic and, to a lesser extent, Joel Embiid of guys that were dominant, have won MVPs now. You know, now they both have won, but haven't necessarily shown that in the playoffs. But now, looking back, it's far and away a different question. I think it's probably unanimous. If you talk to 100 people about the NBA and who's the best player, probably 98 would say Jokic. You might get a couple Giannis votes. You might get a couple Curry votes. But I think it's pretty fair to say right now, Jokic is the, the king of the league. That doesn't mean I want to dismiss Giannis in particular, because I think we forget what he's done in the past, in the playoffs, and what he's capable of. But if you're talking right now, it's pretty clearly Jokic. The run he's been on, the, the things he can do offensively. And I mean, yes, he might not be a defender like Giannis, but he's probably underrated on the defensive end just because of his, his defensive IQ, his defensive rebounding, which counts when you're talking about defense. And then, you know, I, I kind of lump it in with defense, but not only his rebounding, but his ability to grab a rebound and then push to the offensive end. Like, yes, you could count that on offense, and obviously it is a big part of his offense, but his ability to smoothly transition as a seven-foot center who doesn't necessarily get credit for his athleticism. He's, he's more of a full package than I think people realize. Because yes, he's a generational offensive player for everything he does. But I think his whole game is underrated when you compare it to somebody like Giannis. Uh, one more thing on Jokic, you know, before we move over to, to the Heat. It's, it's interesting to hear people say how he's not athletic and how he's doing this, yeah, with just kind of lumbering around. And I don't mean to disagree because, yes, he's, he's not going to jump out of the gym like, you know, uh, a prime LeBron. He's not going to just have the pure athleticism that Giannis has. But I think he deserves credit for everything he's done to his body that... Yes, he's a seven-foot center. Yes, he's not going to move as quickly as others. But to me, he's athletic. And I think that's what's made the difference these last couple of years compared to Jokic 
you know, from three years ago. I think we saw plenty of times where he can control his body, whether it's, you know, grabbing rebounds, whether it's in the post. And then he has the, the, the speed, the quickness to like run up and down the court. And that speaks a lot to his conditioning, obviously. But I think, you know, he remade his body and, and it allows him to kind of unlock this different side of his game. Because it, it doesn't matter what size or what athleticism he has, his passing will always be there. His basketball IQ will always be there. But now I think he's to the point where he can, he can outmaneuver most centers. And I think we saw that, you know, he went up against Anthony Davis, Bam Adebayo, who are considered probably two of the most athletic big guys in the league. And he showed he can, he can get by them. He can outrun them. But I think, you know, the, the notion that he's just this big lumbering center. Yes, he is to an extent, but he does a, deserves a lot of credit for remaking his body and becoming this sneaky athletic center because I think that's a big part of his game. Moving over to the Heat really quickly, just because I think they deserve some, some credit um, for, for how far they got, but then also have some, some open questions going into next season. You know, Jimmy Butler, I don't, I don't exactly know what to say about him at this point. I, I, I said on this podcast a few episodes ago, he's clearly hurt. He won't admit it even after the, the series was over. He wasn't going to make excuses because that's just who Jimmy Butler is. But pretty clearly, his ankle was bothering him because I mentioned before, one thing you can't say about Jimmy is that he's not competitive because I think that's probably his number one skill and probably the best in the league at. And we didn't see that at all in the finals. And we barely saw that except for, you know, probably the first couple games against Boston. So the idea that, that he just wasn't physically capable obviously plays a part in, in whatever you're going to say about Jimmy. You could even see it in, in his jump shots. You know, we, we made a lot about him just not looking to shoot, both at the, the end of the Boston series and then in, in the finals, pretty much the whole series. He started taking more shots towards the end of the series, but you could tell like he just had no lift. You know, whether it was him trying to lean in on some of his mid-range, whether it's him, you know, kind of avoiding landing on his ankle. He was, he was definitely hampered. And so I think it, that kind of makes it hard to, to make an evaluation of his playoffs. But I think that's a big caveat you have to say before for talking about anything uh, that he did. Having said all that, if, if Jimmy Butler was 100% Jimmy Butler, I think this was a series. But I think because he wasn't, you know, this was pretty easy for, for the Nuggets. Outside of the, the normal, you know, heat culture, heat grit, whatever you want to call it, uh, that, they, that they display. The announcer said it multiple times, especially in Game 5. The heat role players can only do so much. And whether it was Struess, Vincent, Duncan Robinson, Kevin Love for stretches, Caleb Martin, obviously more in the Boston series. The Heat role players did about as much as they could, but at some point you need your stars to show up. Bam Adebayo showed up, which we'll talk about 
Jimmy Butler did not. And I agree with, with what other people have said in that, yes, you were injured. Yes, we want to give you credit for showing up and playing through it. But at some point, we can't say, like, okay, Jimmy, you're, you're okay. You were hurt. We're not going to say how bad you played. I mean, that's part of the game. And if you're going to be on the court, you have to be able to play. You have to be able to give it your all. And it was clear he just couldn't. And so then we just have to say how, how bad he played. And I know if you probably talk to him privately, because he obviously won't say this in the media, I know he'll say that, one, he was hurt, and two, he did not play to the level that he's capable of playing. But it was, I mean, it was getting rough towards the end of the series. Obviously, everybody's exhausted. But, you know, there were points in Game 5 where, you know, it was a typical, you know, closeout NBA Finals game. Pretty rough, not many shots going in. And Jimmy couldn't do anything. It was getting to the point where, especially in the fourth quarter, it was like, okay, now's the time. You need offense. You know, your role players, you know, got you this far. Somebody needs to be able to score. And to me, it was getting to the point where, like, I know it's game five of the finals. I know it's the fourth quarter. You need to win or else you're eliminated. But I was thinking, like, Tyler Hero, I, I'd almost rather just throw him out there for a minute or two, see what he can do. Because Butler was, yeah, struggling to, to move, struggling to get anything. Now, he did show up right at the end of the game. And I think, to me, it looked like, you know, right, right in the last couple of minutes, do or die. You know, the competitive spirit in, in Butler kind of, kind of came out. And he knew, like, okay, this is it. Like, whatever gas he had left, whatever he could do on the ankle, he needed to bring it then. Hits a couple clutch threes. Obviously gets fouled on, you know, if you want to call that a foul at least. But I'm, I'm going to ignore that because I don't think you can say, oh, like that's what Butler is. I'm not going to take a two-minute stretch at the end of the game and then discount the whole rest of the series. So I think moving to next year, Jimmy's great, and I think he deserves lots of credit for what he's done, what he can do. But Miami in particular, they need someone else to step up, someone else to kind of take over when he can't. And that gets me into the Heat's future. Yes, they have, yes, they have Butler. Yes, they have Bam. But we mentioned some of the salary cap problems that the Heat might run into. There's a possibility they won't have Vincent. They won't have Struess. We'll see what happens to Kevin Love, if they can bring him back. Kyle Lowry's on a big, big contract. Maybe they let him go, as important as he was this series. So the Heat, to me, need to do something big. Because they've had a great run these last five years, making to a couple finals. The Eastern Conference Finals last year against Boston. But if they want to take the next step and beat a team like Denver, beat a team again like Milwaukee, to me, they need to, to hunt big for another star or another scorer in this case. So we're going to talk more about, about Portland uh, later on this episode uh, with my brother. I don't know if he can get to Miami. I know he's talked about it. 
but I don't know if Portland would want anything. But Damian Lillard seems like the perfect fit right now for Miami because they need just, they have the, the infrastructure. They just need one more kind of killer score that can put them over the top. And maybe that would have been Hero. Of course, who knows what would have happened if he would have stayed healthy. But to me, they need one more alpha to put in there. Because I think Butler, as great as he is and as great as he can be, can only give you so much. The only other Miami thing I want to do or I want to mention is just shout out how Bam played. I think as bad as it is to, to lose a finals, obviously, to get so close and, and not win, I think it's really encouraging for Miami fans to see what Bam did in this series. Because as much as you can, he went toe-to-toe with Jokic. Now, obviously, Jokic, best player in the world. Bam's not going to get close to that. But he showed he can be a, a really quality, kind of second-tier Jokic player. You know, he has the, the basketball IQ. He has the passing ability. He is athletic enough. He's not the biggest guy, but he can grab some rebounds. But I think, at least in this playoff run, and specifically in this finals, he showed he can be, you know, maybe not a number one scorer, but he showed some scoring prowess that I think Miami fans have been wanting to see. And something that I've been wanting to see ever since he played, you know, in the bubble against the Lakers. I'm not saying he has to be a number one scorer, but if he can play like he played in this series, now we're talking about, you know, a top tier big guy. So, you know, as bad as Miami fans might be feeling, knowing that you have Bam, he's still in his prime, and of course have Butler, they have the pieces. Now it's just, you know, do they get a Damian Lillard? Do they, you know, potentially get a Bradley Beal? Some other scorer that can complement these two. Because again, they have the culture, they have some pieces in place. Now it's just being able to take the next step. Uh, final thoughts. You know, I, a, lot of, a lot of reports came out that, you know, viewership was up for the NBA playoffs as a whole. Viewership was slightly down for the finals itself. You know, I think it was down 6% from last year. But I mean, last year it was the Warriors, one of the biggest draws right now in the NBA. Going up against the Celtics, obviously a big legacy franchise. So as, as much as, you know, lots of people have said, you know, Denver, Miami, nobody's going to watch it. It was still relatively watched. It still had relatively good ratings. And of course, a lot of that has to do with probably everybody in Denver was watching, especially, you know, game five to close it out. As a whole, I agree. I think these playoffs line up with the viewership numbers. I think it was great playoffs as a whole, you know, whether it was all the way back to the first round, Warriors and Kings, like that was probably the most captivating first round matchup you could have had. You know, then we had, of course, Lakers-Warriors, which drew crazy numbers viewership-wise for a second round matchup. We saw Celtic 76ers go to game seven, and you know, those are two pretty evenly matched teams. Even the Nuggets, who, you know, I think pretty easily got through the, the whole playoffs. The Nuggets-Suns matchup in the second round, that was entertaining, especially some of the games that the Suns were able to pull out. You know, watching Booker and Durant go up against Jokic, I think was great. Even some of the, the sweeps, like Nuggets-Lakers, 
that was an entertaining series. So I think as a whole, a really interesting playoffs. And I think something that you're going to get when you have so much parity. The NBA Finals, you know, lots of people have mentioned if, if you didn't like the Nuggets versus Heat, then you, oh, you don't like basketball. And I partially agree. Like, yes, it, you know, it might not have the stars, but it was still a, a, a really entertaining finals in its own right. And I think, you know, especially this game five, not the, you know, best quality of basketball, but, you know, a really hard fought game and, and a really entertaining game to watch. But I think it's also okay to say, you know, the Nuggets were pretty clearly the better team than the Heat. And sure, some of that's now hindsight, obviously, after watching the Nuggets, you know, win in five. But you look, the, the one game the Heat won, yes, the Nuggets struggled and the Heat made tons of threes. That was pretty much the recipe. If the Heat could, could muck up the Nuggets offense and if they could hit a crazy amount of threes, then they had a chance. But I think the Nuggets showed, essentially, when they were on and when they were competing, you know, they were going to win. So I think acknowledging that probably wasn't the best finals, I think that's valid too. Because, yes, still some entertaining games. Yes, the Heat put up a great fight. But I think there's also something to say of, like, oh, what happens if it was Nuggets and Bucks, let's say? Or Nuggets and Celtics? Two teams where you could kind of have some more, more firepower on both ends and honestly have a more competitive series. But I think those, those people that are, that are saying, oh, Nuggets, Nuggets Heat, you know, not the most fun finals. I don't think you, know, you can necessarily say that because of the style of play, but I think just due to the, the nature of the series. So I, you know, I don't mean to, to discount what the Nuggets did. Um, and obviously don't want to discount what the Heat did and brought to the table. But I think, you know, there have been more exciting finals. You know, whether it's last year, Warriors Celtics, you know, both teams were kind of able to, you know, punch each other back. Even like some of the Warriors Cavs series, like, yes, I know those were sweeps, but there was something about the dominance of the Warriors that made it, made it entertaining anyways. So I, I think this year, Maybe not the top tier finals we've had, but I think overall a really good playoffs and something to, to really build on if you're the NBA. I, th I think that's all that I have uh, on the finals. You know, we'll probably do some more you know, overarching looks on the, on the finals and then the playoffs as a whole you know, as we you know, move into the coming weeks. But I think really this starts the, the NBA offseason. You know, the drafts in a couple weeks trades will you know bound to, to start you know in the coming weeks as well so my brother and i uh, talked about specifically portland and the number three pick you know we did this uh, a couple of days ago before uh this game ended so you know we don't know what happened in the finals but we looked ahead to the offseason and what the trailblazers specifically should do again whether that's trade dame trade the number three pick or you know all the all the options in between so a bunch of portland talk uh coming up right after this break All right, my brother is back in studio with us. I, I spent a whole episode a week or two ago going through the NBA offseason, talking about 
you know, everything from LeBron and his comments to guys like Jordan Poole, DeAndre Ayton, you know, those guys. But I wanted to save all Portland talk, mainly because I know you're a big Blazers fan, but also because I think they have really the key to the offseason. Like, if they want to get crazy, they can define the offseason. So I wanted to bring you in, see where you're at as a fan, and then, you know, maybe throw some trains at you to see what you would like. Either if they do it, if they go rebuild, if they go compete, obviously we'll see. But I guess just initially, if you had your wish list, if you were advising Portland's front office right now, what would you say to them? Damian Lillard is to the Blazers what Michael Jordan was to the Bulls. Not he is where we were. I thought you were he going. He is the only reason Portland has been any sort of relevant these last 10 years. You cannot trade him. Period. I, <laughs> as a fan, the only reason I would want, I'd be willing to see him get traded is because we're just not able to build a team that's championship caliber, and he deserves better. He's older, but he's still really good. He's arguably still in his peak. You, If you think you can build a competitive championship caliber roster around him, do not trade him in the slightest. You need to be able to keep him. For his sake, I'd be willing to trade him. Don't, like, if you, for all the Blazers fans are saying, just trade him, you know, like, we'll just draft whoever and we'll just start a rebuild that process sucks not fun and i I feel bad i i live in seattle i can't say anything like the whole city of portland would feel that impact without dame i can't say oh just trade him just start the rebuild because i i'm not there so you need to keep him i'm on team trade i'm on i'm mobile it's tough i go back and forth every day (laughs) you spent the whole time just saying you cannot trade him the you cannot trade him if but, you think that you can build a championship caliber roster. That's fair. And I guess I want to preface everything we talk about. I agree how much he's meant to Portland. And I agree that you can't just trade him to trade him. And obviously, I think we know they would do this. But if they do decide that route, it has to be up to him. If he wants to be traded. Trade him. Trade him. If he's if like, he no, do not trade me. If he's like, I'll, honestly, I'll let him be the GM. <laughs> that's, a, no, like, that's how much he is. Yeah. Portland, and that's how much he is the Blazers. He is, especially the last few years, he's solidified himself as the greatest Blazer of all time. I agree. I would let him build the roster. He's the one that's going to be on the court with these guys. If he wants Simons on his team and thinks that that's helpful, keep Simons then. If he wants you know, that third pick to be traded along to get X player, then sure, do that. If he likes the player that is available, like I'd put him in the draft room. I'd let him make that call. Uh, as a Lakers fan, and don't yeah, LeBron. Yeah, it, I guess let I, Dame get one year of like a just G- cater to him and just say hey, whatever you like you what, think is right. Or how about don't let him be the GM, but let him be the assistant GM. Which I would assume, and I would hope your best player is most. I I would hope is being consulted. Depends on the player, though. True, like John Morant, I think he's a. <laughs> Yeah, maybe not right now. I think he has big. I, I bet you all most like veteran, all star, yeah. all NBA caliber players are. Yeah. Pascal Siakam, do you think he's? Well, anyway, well, speaking of Pascal well, we Siakam, can, yeah. uh, <laughs> all right. Let let let's break it down like this. I see really three options, three overarching options for the for the Blazers this coming year. One, 
you keep Dame and you trade the third pick, trade sign like trade whatever and try to compete next year. That's option one. Option two, you trade Dame. And then obviously probably trade like Nurkic, Jeremy Grant, like whatever you think. Draft somebody number three and go into rebuild. Or option three is a mixture and you keep Dame, but you keep the third pick. Draft Scoot, who I know you really like. And maybe, you know, make some trades around the fringes, like maybe trade Simons, maybe trade Sharp, but like don't trade both. Do some little, I guess, minor changes around the edges and try to keep everything. Out of those Which three I kind options. I feel like we've been doing for a while. Right. And so but like not with a third like, overall pick. Like last year, true. seventh. Infinitely less value, especially without the prospect true. of the caliber of Scoot Henderson. So out of those three, how are you, where are you ranking them of what you as a fan would want? I would go rebuild last. Pro- if Scoot's there, I would draft him. Huh. Like if, you know, we had to sum this whole thing up in one sentence. If Scoot Henderson is available at number three, you take him. If he's not, hope you have a buyer lined up for that third overall pick. That really wants Brandon William and uh, Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller. Who's Brandon Williams? Oh, the uh, well, Brandon wasn't there. A oh, Williams on. Uh, there's been some random players on Portland. There's Brandon Williams. Oh, it might be. It might be a random trail. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, that would be a whole. Sorry. Whole, yeah, uh, yeah, Brandon Miller. And just hope that you have somebody lined up who wants that, who wants Brandon Miller or whoever they want at that point. Who cares? Yeah, it's well from everything that's came out. It sounds like Charlotte's going to take Brandon Miller, and lots of other teams. Or reports that lots of teams have him over Scoot, which is fair. Like I can kind of see it, um, but I'm I'm with you. Like, like I like Scoot. If I was up that high, I would take him. And then you figure out the rest later, because right, we always say when you're in the draft, pick the best player, pick who you think is going to work out, and then figure out how it's going to fit later. Because sure, like Scoot comes in if you keep the same roster with Dame, Scoot, Simons. Sharp, uh, like okay, like is Scoot gonna get enough time to develop? Like, what happens to Simons and can like three of them play together? Like all of that. If Scoot's really that good, you take him, and I agree. Just don't look back. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, at the like exit interviews, um, the GM and the coach of the Blazers, Cronin and Billups, was they were asked a question: Do you think, basically summed up, do you think Simons and Shaden Sharp can play together? And they dodged that question. Yeah. That's because, I mean, they really didn't play that much, like, you know, one-two on the court together. Is Sharp year. a good defender? Cause, he's like, probably not as good as anything right now. Sure. Because he, he has the tools. He probably could be. Like, he's such an athlete that yeah. there's nothing he can't do on a basketball court. Give him a few years, right? And he's not short. Like, DJ and Dame were shorter. They couldn't defend anybody. DJ and, or sorry, Damon, Anthony, Simons. Same thing. Shorter guys. Simon's, I think, a little taller, but he's skinnier. Probably can't defend anybody. But, like, Sharp. Could. He's tall. Lur. Scoot. Like, he may only be 6'2". But he's big. And athletic. He's athletic. That's what I'm saying. If he's there, you got to take him. Because, like, he and Dame, they'll be fine together. At least for a few years. I don't know. The... 
also to answer your question for what's happening, trade the pick. It depends on what you get. Yeah, and we'll get into some options because, right? It's obviously it's hard to say like, oh yeah, what no matter what draft scoot. If like Embiid is on the table for Scoot, oh, we can talk about Embiid. But like that's like I've seen like if Embiid ass out, there's not a team with more assets that's yeah. more willing to get him than the Blazers. Well, would be. well, yeah, and that's why I said Portland, if they want to be, can just completely change the offseason. Whether it's go all in with all your assets, whether it's trade Dame, like there can be some really interesting I mean, trades. A Dame and Bead, one two, like. That's super exciting. Who knows what that would... I mean, that would take everything we have to probably get him. Yeah. But this, that's also assuming that Embiid asks to be traded. Right. Which, yeah, we'll get to. I guess before we get to big trades, so either trading game or going all in for, like, trading the number three and Sharp and Simons or some combination. Although I think I've, I've seen reports that Sharp's just off limits. Like, no, we're not touching. Don't... They, you know, they always say I that. I wouldn't. How about that? But again, if if it was Sharp and Simons he... for like a, oh, yeah, okay, we'll get to the trades. Yeah, yeah. So if uh, let's say you keep the third pick, and let's say you keep Sharp, like is Simons somebody that you'd be like, okay, yeah, let's move on from Simons and try to get something else. If you're bringing in Scoot, if you're keeping Sharp, like, are you okay keeping Simons? Because if you want to keep him, then at some point, you are just running it back with Scoot. Yeah, so... And then at that point, like you said, you, you may be... Obviously, you'll be better than the third pick. Are, are you beating the Nuggets? Are you beating, like, all those teams? Then you're just kind of stuck where you've been of, like, yeah, you know, can kind of compete and then either make the Western Conference Finals like you did that one year or realize, okay, it's not done or it's not happening this year. Let's scale back, tank, and you're just in a cycle. With yeah. the big preface of like, obviously you're going to say, well, sure, I'd trade Simons depending on what I got back. But is Simon somebody you're okay moving on from? Yeah, like un- under the assumption that the trade wouldn't just destroy the it's team. It's a fair trade. Yeah, it's yeah. fair. Then yeah, like Simons has to be, you'd, you can't get something without giving up something. You'd rather Simons. trade him than Sharp? Oh, yeah. For, not like, oh, yeah, as in like Simons is not, like Simons is really good. First year as a starter last year, averaged 24 points. One of the best shooters in the league, starting to show a little more playmaking, and that's like a, as a rebuild. It's tough because I don't live in Portland. I don't have to see the effects of this team. If I choose, I can just tune them out. Like, oh, they're rebuilding. They're losing a lot. I'll check on them later. I don't live in Portland. I don't. I can't. Nor can anyone who doesn't live in that area say. I don't think can say anything about training game. I won't lie though, like a Scoot Sharp Simons. Big three. With like, everything you would get for Dame? Plus the Dame Hall. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It would uh enticing. But it's like the now it's like, do you think if you do decide to trade Dame, is Simon's ready to be the point guard of this team? That's I mean, he looked good. I mean, I think he could. You know, is he gonna be a I mean like, well, NBA finals tough. level point guard? You go from yeah. A decade plus of Damian Lillard as your point guard, nobody's ever going to come back yeah. and do that. But, but a combo of him and Scoot with Sharp, okay, not, could, like not Sharp not could sure, play the but... three, and then the you know four or five has always been a question for the Blazers. It's never been solved. Uh, before we get into 
some potential trades of the the rest of the team. Anybody that you're like, yes, like definitely should keep moving forward. Not, I'm not saying untouchable, like in trades and stuff, but like, like out of Nurkic, who I know you've always been, you know, a fan of, uh, him, Jeremy Grant, guys like Bible, Cam Reddish, or like, are, are they to the point of like, like whatever, if they're back, great. Or any of them, you're like, yeah, like would nice, would be nice to have. Not really. Like if they need to, assuming if I can get a, a better or like a, a solid championship caliber roster starting next year, I'm okay not seeing any of those guys again. Yeah, I don't know what happened to Nurkic, but like he, you, you need he, a center. <laughs> he is, I think there's like 32 qualified centers in the league of shots around the rim. And he is by far and away the lowest. He's shooting like 50% really? from shots right around the rim. <laughs> and it, I can tell you from watching the games, it is beyond frustrating. Like I'm watching the finals, you know, Bam Adebayo. He's missing a few around the rim there. And I just get flashback. It's so scary to yeah. see a center miss that many close shots. And it's not like he's a defensive center. So. Like, yeah, like he's not terrible, but he's not good enough to offset yeah. everything else. I mean, obviously. He has his moment, like, that's the thing, because Nurkic, I'm always like, man, like, we got to get rid of this guy. We got to get, change it up a little bit. And then he has, like, a really good stretch of games where he drops, like, 20, 15, and 10, or 20, 15, and 5, or whatever. And I'm like, he's a top seven center in the league. This is great. And then he goes back. He's just yeah. streaky. Yeah. All right, let's do some, do some trades. Get, get an idea of where you're at. One way or the other. Um, you want to start with, with rebuild trades, trading Dame, or you want to start with competing trades? Competing trades. So I just wrote down a bunch of teams because obviously they will have a various variety of things to, to ask for. The first one's very interesting just because of how we finished the season. So I'll, I'll play the other team. Okay. And obviously there could be some trade, but will we agree upon one? Who knows? I'm the Celtics, and I'm saying, hey, Jalen Brown's a great player. He had a bad end, but he's an all-NBA guy, top 20 player. Is there something around a, a trade for a Brown? You know, maybe you get an extra piece for the third pick, Sharp and Simons, or are you just totally out? For the price for Jalen Brown, if the price was Sharp, Simons, and three, absolutely not. No shot. If it was Simons and three, I'd like a role player as well. Because then I think at that point, the Celtics say no. Unless they're sold on Scoot, which they might be. Yeah. And, you know, this might have to happen on draft day. Yeah. It probably will, I feel like. Yeah, because if they really don't know if the Hornets are going to not take Brandon Miller. Or, I mean, maybe the the reports are true. Maybe they like Brandon Miller better. All right, so there's that. That, again. I'd be open. How about, like, as a player, ignoring the possible cost? Yeah. Jalen Brown, I would vote as a yes. Like, if well, he could be a yeah. blazer. I mean, understanding that it will cost something, but just as a broad, ignoring what it'll cost. If he's a blazer next year, I'd be very happy. Yeah. Would you rather have him for the same price? And also, concerning the contract he's about to get, would you rather talk to the Celtics for him or talk to the Nets for Bridges if the price was equal? If the price was equal... I have that conversation, but I'd probably go with Jalen Brown. 
but also have you seen i've seen the reports that they're like yeah like, no no we need more than i'm like no like it's ridiculous yeah so we don't assuming because i think you would though. say no for three simons and sharp three simons and sharp is insane we better get like Giannis. not like <laughs> not like it will happen yeah but like there's no trade package that's realistic for sharp simons and three well that brings me to the next team 76ers call Ooh. and they're saying hey Harden just signed with the Rockets and beads. Yeah. Centered. Well, okay. Let's start with just three sharp assignments for Embiid. You say. I feel like it'd be stupid to say no. Like it's the MVP. That would be tough because. Yes. You'd have like game if they and called Embiid. me and was like, we want these three items. Assuming the contracts match up, which I don't know. Yeah. And you'd, well, we could throw somebody pillars in there, yeah. but it'd be, it'd, I'd, I'd feel stupid saying no, but I'm stupid. Like, it would be one of those trades, and this is how I felt when the Lakers got Anthony Davis, where I was like, like yes, we, like oh my goodness, we just got Anthony Davis, and you'd be like, oh my goodness, we got just, just got Joel Embiid, and then there'd be a moment where you're like, I feel like we gave up a lot, and it's like, is it going to be worth it? And you're like, great, and then you circle back to, okay, we got Embiid, let's focus on that. Yeah, it because as an outside fan, not as a Portland fan. I'd be like, I mean, because maybe Dame is what Embiid needs, and maybe Embiid's what Dame is. But if you're making that move, you like you need to be sure. Like, okay, this is our team. That's the thing too, because it's like, are we one piece away from a championship roster? If we add a Jalen Brown, assuming what we give up is substantial, is that a championship roster? Because I don't want to do any of these trades if I'm not 100 percent guaranteed that this will this team will compete for yeah. a champion. And that's where I lean. That's why I lean again as an outside observer, and I agree with what you said. If you're not in Portland, you can't just say, "Hey, trade Dame," like it's nothing. But that's why I lean like, "Hey, let's trade Dame." Like, thank him for everything he's meant, and, and like send him to a good situation. Like, let him. But like, then, like we said earlier, make let him make the decision. But I'm, I'm nervous that we're not one piece away. And yeah. if you do all this, and you just scuttle and you just struggle and just don't go anywhere yeah what's the point what's the point you just wasted all that possible future so for the price that Embiid probably would take I would probably say no because it's it's Dame it's Embiid and who else that's yeah like maybe you still have Jeremy Grant and like you could and and like you would have Nurkic still on the roster you could use him as a backup center you could trade him and try and get something but what's his trade value look like yeah so if it's Dame, I don't know. That's tough. I think those are the three. Like, if you're going big, I think those are the three most likely. Right, the ones that people have thrown out: Jalen Brown, Bridges, Embiid. If he asks out. Two other teams that I that I had for, quote unquote, bigger trades. One has certainly been out there. One, yeah, it's fun. Uh, the first one, the Raptors. I feel like there's a big divide between Raptors fans and Blazers fans of what is uh, a fair trade. So let's let's just start with Siakam. Do you like Siakam enough to say, like, the third pick for Siakam? Like, that's it? I, we keep Simons and Sharp? Like, not that's it, like, straight up three for Simons. Yeah. But, like, out of those, of those three, three pieces. It's the third we, and whatever. Whatever. Or I guess let's say this. If it's the third in Simons, 
plus like a future first or whatever you need to do to fill out the like deal. as as a court is trade, it third Siakam for third and Simons or are you like yeah I mean I would probably say yes but I wouldn't be very happy about it because again then that, to me that's almost worse than Embiid right sure you're saving Sharp and maybe he turns into a really good player but like is but Damon Siakam because like, it's the same thing with skipping on Scoot you trade away Sharp that I, to me it just feels like something you're gonna regret. If it's like Siakam and like I've seen some Siakam OG Ananobi. I've seen trades like from Raptor. Like you're talking about that divide. Yeah. Some Raptor fans think OG Ananobi is the next coming of like Kevin Durant. Yeah. It's ridiculous. They're like three Simons. Then, you know, they're 26 overall pick plus your 2026 yeah. pick for OG and like, no. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, like I wouldn't even get like Simons for him would be for me. Like, Maybe it's possible to just I just have like not a hatred for Raptor fans, but just a dislike for OG and Anobi because of the trade packages I've seen him in. Yeah, I feel like they've the some of the rumors that have come out about him specifically more recently has really hurt his value amongst fans. Because right, we've seen like oh, Ananobi's really coveted. You know, they want multiple first round picks, which is probably fair. Like multiple first round picks is different than saying the number three pick and Simons. So I feel like there could be something there and I could see a, a Raptors Blazers trade in some capacity, but yeah, the discourse is getting really bad. So one other one, big trade. If you were going big and then a couple other small ones, what happens if the Pelicans called Zion? And I'm like, Hey, I'm really getting tired of Zion. Zion like for competing. Or like this would be different. This is in a whole nother category because Zion's still young. I, I've, if I'm like, hey, I'm tired of Zion. Like, I really like Scoot and Simons. You know what I might do? And I would give you some assurance that like, like Zion is who he is, but like he's not like catastrophically hurt. Yeah, like he'll be, he'll be, he'll play next like year. Like if you can get him right, like he's fine. It's not like he has a terrible What foot. I would do if I was on 2K. You know how fun that like a Scoot, Simon, Sharp, Zion would be? If, like trade if you, for Zion. So I I had that also for the rebuild. I've seen that. I mean, like if I had to rebuild, if they were willing to part on Zion for Dame. Straight up. But also, I don't know why they would do that. Cause, like they've seen what Dame and CJ can do. True. But they also have Herb Jones, Brandon it's Ingram, also like Alvarado. Dame and CJ, they never had a wing player like Ingram. So I don't know. Because I think if, if I, I was rebuild, both teams, I would be how like. How old is Zion? Like. He was 2019, so he's like 23. Yeah, not 22. even close. I would so do that. Like if I if I was guaranteed Dame to go, for Zion. If I was guaranteed, like I have to not have to, but like this is what I've decided. I'm rebuilding, and they wanted a Dame for Zion. I would. All right, we'll get to the Dame and ranking Dame trades. If would you even consider a three Simons something else for Zion? Yeah, he's probably one of the more players that I'd be more willing to part for. Yeah, because like a lot I mean, of those, he's twenty two. He's, he's yeah. But the problem is, if he can't get healthy soon, I mean, Dame's older. He's still really good, but he won't be really good forever. If if Zion can't stay healthy by the time Dame's on his way out, then that's a problem. A uh, couple other smaller ones. This won't cost you the three ones, uh, the third pick, Sharp Simons. But just I was trying to think of any trade that you might be interested in. Uh, you need a center. In my opinion, if you move on from Nurkic, Cavaliers called and say, "Hey, didn't really work out this year with Jared Allen. 
one, would you want him at all? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Or like Simons? Not straight up, you know, maybe one team adds more than the other. Right. Just centerpiece around that deal. Because then you could go with with Dame, Scoot, Sharp, Jared Allen. Yeah, or if you if you could somehow manage it, you could do... I like Jared Allen, Sharp, Dame. And then you could still, you would have that third pick if you want. You could commit that third pick to another trade. You get like Jared Allen. You could somehow get Siakam and Jared Allen. For the third and Simons and more. And plus, yeah. yeah. So that's an option. But then the problem is, like, who's your bench? Yeah. Um, other ones I thought, see, now we're getting into a stretch. Um, team like the Hornets call. And they're like, hey, if you're going to compete, you know, we have some veterans like Terry Rogier, Gordon Hayward. Maybe, you know, you get a couple players for like one, like Simons. Like fill out your depth over yeah. one potential star. Right. You say like, hey, like. Probably not from the Hornets, though. Okay. But I'm not opposed necessarily to really good depth pieces. Yeah. Like not, no stars, but one. I want to say, like, if I could get, like, a fringe all-star plus two really good role players, like bench role players, mm. for Simons and more. True. I'd be willing to do that, but it's like, for, I don't know about the Hornets. But you know how cool that'd be? You're sitting on draft night, and you hear your buds on your phone. You open it, it says, Hornets and the Blazers have just committed or completed a trade. Like, oh, my God. Like, well, what happens like two Hornets, and three are involved? Or, yeah, I was going to say, what happens if just, the Hornets say, hey, I, if I were them, scoot. like, those two GMs, I'd text, like, like, hey, what trash do you have? You want to just swap one on draft night and see what happens? Uh, or like San Antonio? Funny. Yeah. Like, hey, like, can we just... <laughs> the Spurs made a trade. Uh, all right. A uh, couple other ones. Um, Bradley Beal? No. I figured that might be the answer. Uh, I don't think this would happen because he might not even be available. But again, I think everybody's available if, given the price. Uh, the Jazz called. Say, hey, marketing was amazing for us, but... But yeah. we want to get like what we can out of him before yeah. it's too late. Yeah. Basically. I mean they probably wouldn't say that to their <laughs> yeah. face, but yeah. Uh depends on the price, obviously, but like around Simon's deal. I wouldn't let them touch three or sharp. Okay. Like sharp for me, assuming there's no like insane trades that like would literally never ever happen. Sharp for me, off the table. Number three, on the table for the right price. Simon's very so sharp, much on the table. So sharp is your number one? So let's go sharp, number three, Simons. In terms of what I'm willing to give up, I just, I don't know. Yes. Not saying that, like, if Scoot's there at three. See, it's a different question. If it's, so you're ranking what's the, a better asset. It's, for me, in terms of untouchable, is it sharp, Scoot, Miller, Simons? Or is it Scoot, sharp? That third pick, we don't like. If we're sitting there on draft night, I don't know how this works in the NBA. Do they have trades that they're ready to go? They just need to see what's going to be drafted. And it's like, I feel like NBA, because NFL definitely, right? We see tons draft day. I don't, I feel like we don't really see that a lot in the NBA, but we might. I, because I mean, I'm personally not that high. Brandon Miller. I really like Scoot, obviously. So it'd be challenging for me. I would put Miller. Sharp above Miller, one hundred percent. Like if it's those yeah. two, keeping sharp, like don't I mean, touch him because you also know. Sort and he's of still what young. I'm pretty sharp. Is probably yeah, younger like than 19. Miller. Yeah, yeah. I think he just turned twenty a few, like a week ago, two weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, Miller's probably nine. So they're probably right around the same age. Yeah. And you, 
again, you don't know what Sharp's really going to become, but you know, you so kind of, I mean, seen him. he started the last quarter of the season and yeah. he had really good numbers. Yeah. Well, yeah, I get your point, I guess. <laughs> I mean, like for intern, like if he, if he played as many minutes as he did in that last quarter of the season, he had numbers similar to the, in, he would be in the rookie of the year race. Yeah. yeah. And I would, you know, a top three rookie of the year nominee you need to build on that. You can't just trade him away. Yeah. Again, I said it earlier. You trade him, that's just something you're going to regret. I, I don't want to have to, in five years, be like, damn, I wish we kept Sharp. Yeah. Yeah, because that's worse than trading Dame, because you know, like, if you trade him, he's going to be great somewhere. You know, even you'd probably root for him to win a championship. Oh, I so. would, wherever he goes, I'm rooting for them harder than I would root for the yeah. Blazers. Okay. Unless, it depends on. I mean, it'd have to be like, if like the Lakers. Even then, though, especially <laughs> if LeBron's still on the team, I love LeBron. I'm a huge LeBron guy. If it's Dame, LeBron, and AD, I don't know. It, well, it also depends on what they give us because it's like they're we're taking their picks. Yeah. So that well, that's perfect segue because I think we've covered the competing ones, and it sounds like like unless Embiid's on the table, or like a Jalen Brown, Bridges. You, as a Portland fan, like you would want a lot, like that level. Yeah. So to me, it's easier to get Dame uh, to a destination that he wants to go and just doing, again, maybe just a, a one or two year rebuild with Scoot, Sharp, Simon. A reload. Reload almost. So I'm going to throw a bunch of teams. Celtics come back. And they're like, okay, you didn't like our Jalen Brown for all your pieces. What I was Jalen Brown for Dame. Need a heck of a lot more. Yeah. If it's like a Jalen Brown and uh, you probably want young guys. Jaylen yeah, like Brown, outside of their, Robert Williams. Yeah, I mean, we need a new center. He's still young. Like, he'll be around, like Robert Williams. He'll be good. I don't know. I don't know what their picks and how many picks they have. Yeah, I guess they ignoring own. picks because we don't know exactly what it is. So. But imagine a lineup. I'd be of willing to work. Scoot, Simons, Sharp, Jalen Brown, Robert Williams. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Yeah, probably so need a four. Have option. somebody come off the bench. Yeah. Uh, Seventy Sixers call, and almost in just a competition of which star just kind of ask out first. So let's say Dame's like, you know what? Like, I didn't want you to draft Scoot. They say they really want Scoot, so we're like, hey, like I think it's time for me to leave. 76 is a hey, Harden's coming back. Like, is there a Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris? You know, whatever first round picks you want. But see, that's the thing, too, because I'm thinking other teams possibly, like Maxey, talking about the Heat, they probably, best asset would be like Hero. But we're looking at. Well, that's, at, that's why I'm like comparing all right. these. Right. So it's like you go down the list. From what we would have as a team without Dame, it would be Simon, Sharp, and Scoot as like our main guys for a rebuild. You don't, you don't need really to add maxi. another Maxi or Hero. Yeah, you need like a big, a younger big guy, wing. Doesn't have to be like a center, but like a wing, taller guy. Because if you don't, then you're just running back Dame and CJ. True, but it could be worse. Could be better. You never know. Yeah. Uh, Nets call. The Nets are hard because they just are going to have tons of first round picks to offer you. But, you know, if they're, they're not going to trade Bridges, but if it's like other smaller pieces with all these first-round picks, Cam Johnson, 
you like Ben Simmons still? No, I wouldn't do it. No, okay. Like without Mikael on it, no. there's no way I'm doing okay. team for uh, Knicks. Centered around like R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson. Probably not. Okay. Uh, I wrote down the Bucks, but also why would they do that? Yeah, Dame and Jalen Brunson. Yeah, I wrote down the Bucks because I was like, oh, Dame with Giannis, like that's a nice. Ooh, yeah, but I'm like, if you're rebuilding, like you're not really gonna want Chris Middleton. Drew Holiday would be nice, but but he's, he's also older. really old. Like, yeah. He said a long time ago that he was thinking about retiring after his contract's up, which oh, really? is still a few years, but it's yeah. still like I, we can't have that. It'd have to be the other way around. This one wouldn't happen because I don't know why either team would do it. But would you want to go from Dame to a younger version of Dame? And that's probably an insult to Dame. A younger and slightly different version of Dame. If the Hawks call and say, hey, we're kind of tired of Trey Young. We know what Dame is. Trey Young's younger. Again, though, you lead, you're leading yourself straight into just doing the same thing. You again. still have three six-foot guards. Plus a taller sharp, but, but he's then you could trade Simons for a younger something. wing, maybe. So it's I'm, like, well, it, well, because and Trey Young's interesting, but yeah, you're right. I don't know why that'd be interesting for both teams. Yeah, I don't know why Atlanta would do that, but just like, hey, like we want our player to age by ten years. Yeah, I'm like okay, but um, anyway, yeah, I just threw it out there. It's because that wouldn't put us into a rebuild because Trey Young's still really good, right? So like we would, it would be a retool because re- then reload. yeah, trade Simons for like Jared Allen or something or like one of those things that I mentioned. Hmm. Yeah, something to think about. Uh the Heat, because he did mention the Heat, and then he said, didn't it come out? He said if the Heat win, yeah, then no, like he don't want to so go. They're, they're not. I think he also said he didn't want to go to Boston either, which would interesting. I don't know why he or like it's same thing happened as Seahawks fans like with Russell Wilson. He's like, I don't want to be traded. Yeah. However, yeah, that, that's why I'm these like, are where I want to be traded too. Yeah. So Heat uh, again. Uh, we're taping this before some of the later final games. Assuming the Heat don't come back and win, if you're wanting non guards, I don't see how you would do it because it'd be hero. Yeah, assuming Duncan we're able Robinson. to get Scoot. Yeah. Yeah. There's. Yeah. Maybe you just take Brandon Miller. I don't know. But that's a, like if Dame asks out, then yeah, just take Miller, whoever's there. But if he doesn't ask out, if Miller's on the board and we draft him and we keep Dame, which, you know, you put a wing next to Dame, it's fine. Miller's a good player. I'm not hating on him. Just not where I want to go. The Magic? Magic would be interesting because they have the sixth pick and the 11th pick. So if you definitely wanted to do like a little retool, like one year rebuild. They were willing to trade that sixth pick. I guess if we're talking like for Dame, Dame, they better be Because it's like Fultz. I had wrote like Fultz, Suggs, the sixth, maybe sixth and the 11th. They wouldn't give up um, Wagner, would they? No. Yeah. They're not giving up Wagner or Boncaro. But everything else. Because mm. is it worth six? If you want Jonathan Isaac, if you want. I don't want Jonathan Isaac. <laughs> but like Mark Alfolds would be fun, at least for me as a right. UW. Yeah. Suggs would be a nice kind of bench player. Mm. So like that. But it's like, do you trade Dame for a six overall pick and a bench player? No, but it would be like six, 11. Oh, I guess Fultz, 11. Too, Suggs. But- then it's like, yeah, because then it's like one of those two yeah. picks that they're giving might hit. And then you got something, especially if there's... How big are the Thompson twins? Are they guards? No, they're bigger. Yeah. And Amen especially, like, have you seen his combine? Some of his, like, athletic... Good. Because it's like, if we can get one of those. like, athletic, yeah. Uh, here's an interesting one. I don't like this player. 
And you might not, so it might not matter. This would have to be a three-team trade, maybe. But I wrote down the Timberwolves. No, 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 no. Okay. No, not if Carl Anthony Town. Yeah. No way. Okay. That was gonna be my response, but I wanted to see if you liked him because he might be the perfect player you need with all your guards. You wanted a center. I'm not no. saying straight up. No way. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh my god, I would hate them forever. If that's what they ended up doing. They traded Damian uh, for Carl, and they're you know they're like, oh well. For Dame, like he needs a better center, so we'll, you know, just give us a third pick and sign. Even that, I'm like, no yeah. way. Uh, although I w- that greatest center shooter of all time, Towns. Good, yeah, good player. Don't want him. Yeah, same. Like, d- no disrespect. I don't want to be like, oh my god, he's such a bad. Player. He's a good player. Yeah. Just don't want him. Yeah. Um, couple teams that I wrote down just because I feel like I had to. Um, Warriors. Just because I could imagine he'd want to go back. I guess he's already kind of close to where he grew up, but even closer. Problem is, I don't think they'd really have much to give you. Because then it'd be like all their young guys. Yeah, just Domingo Moody and, and Jordan Poole. And first round picks. Actually quite a lot. But then the question for them is why? Because like they, they still have Curry, who's just as old. I mean, but can you imagine a year of oh my gosh, Curry. Be, for an NBA fan, that'd be amazing. Like I, this, out of the ones, this is what I would root for. As a generic NBA basketball, but I also fan. root for the LeBron to the Warriors for that same package. So, I would take either one. It'd be fun, dude, to see LeBron and Steph on the same team would yeah. be amazing. Uh, Clippers. Uh, I'm assuming nobody's touching Kawhi. Why would you? Uh, Paul George, probably not. Per Dame, probably yeah. not. If we're Paul taking George plus. Yeah, it depends on the players. But again, because then that's that's but not Paul a tanking. Older. That's a, yeah, I guess. He's yeah, but it's thirty. Like, but then the same question: It's like Dame plus these young guys. Is that a championship team? No. Okay, so is it Paul George plus these young yeah, guys? That's fair. Is that a championship team? It's like arguably worse. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I had a right. If down. it was Dame plus Paul George, but also but three years then, ago. Yeah. Um, I had to write down the Lakers just because that you always have to write down the Lakers. But I can't imagine we'd have anything, even if you loved Austin Reeves. Which I don't. I mean, you feel like you should, but yeah. Not lo- I mean, like, game. yeah. Yeah. No, like, if he's going to get a bag. I think it's deserved. I don't want to. Good for him. I don't want to turn this into an Austin Reeves. It's yeah. also tough with the national media. I mean, they, big market, big coverage. Yeah. Yeah. He's going get to his, get his worth. He's a good player. Yeah. But but if of, I have to center a Damian Lillard trade around him, there's no shot. Because, yeah, like, Lakers don't really have any first-round picks left. Like we have yeah, they already, the Lakers are already done with their big trades. Yeah. But Unless they're going AD or LeBron. Uh, Which, by the way, LeBron to the Mavs. Yeah. Um, yeah, what happens if there's just a gigantic like five-team deal where like Dame goes to the Lakers and LeBron oh, and Dodge just everywhere? Well, it's like, uh, like at the trade deadline. They're like, oh, yeah, so this... These two trades happened, or like these three teams got together with a trade. I'm like, what? What did we get? And it was like, oh yeah, so these two teams traded like assets you really like, yeah. and you just got pit like second round picks. Yeah. So, oh man, three team trades. Suns. Uh, I'm gonna say no, but again, some of these teams I just had to write down. Just yeah, they're trying to upgrade Chris Paul. Yeah. Yeah, if you really, if they could somehow keep Booker and. And um, well, yeah, they're not trading you Booker Durant for Dame, but if and like there's... you really like Aiden, but then they don't have I any know. picks left, so yeah. Uh, Grizzlies, 
Now you can argue a jaw trade, but that's not what I wrote down. Karen? Uh, no. But if there's something around like... If I was a Grizzlies GM, though, I'd almost be willing to move off John and keep Jaron. Like, if I had to pick between those two. Yeah, like, okay, as a Portland fan, if I called you and say, hey, you know, whatever's going to go wrong with Jaw, like half a season suspension, whatever, I would like Dame for Jaw. Straight up? Yeah. Well, straight up, I feel like you have to say yes. Yeah. Problem is, though, again, at this time... Uh, yeah, change of pace. With, but with... Change of scenery... As important as Dame has been, you're not only trading him, but then getting a player who's, you know, you could argue even better right now still. But as problematic as he might be, like you're kind of going to the opposite of Dame. Yeah, Dame is the most unproblematic superstar in the league. Never any rumors about him. But that would be a fun trade. I wouldn't mind it. Like if I had, like again, all of these trade Dame are under the assumption he wants out and he's like, this isn't going to work. Yeah. Just send me somewhere. Because if I'm the Grizzlies, like, okay, Triple J, Desmond Bain. All they the have guys a really beat. good roster. And they were just hurt last year. Yeah. So And, you know, the yeah. Joss has been, I mean, he was back for the playoffs, but, I mean, that definitely hurt the team yeah. when, he, when he left. I wouldn't be, if I was the GM, I would want to have a conversation with Jaw. Yeah. If I was the Blazers, and just be like, this is, you know, possible. It might be good for him, Portland. That's know. what I'm saying. Like, it's, Far away, nobody's like NBA wise, nobody's out there. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned Pelicans in a potential game for, for Zion. Uh, the only other team I have is the Spurs. Uh, as a Portland fan, you know, yeah, probably not. Probably not. Unless they want to give me a victory. Yeah. <laughs> but as an outside NBA fan, if the Spurs are like, hey, like we'll trade your, your young guys and then all of our picks that we've accumulated. Bring in Dame with Victor, but probably not the most. Yeah, I, that's also one of those. Like, yeah, who would? Because they wouldn't do that because they're just starting a rebuild. They're getting unless he's like a twenty and ten player next year. Maybe, but yeah. it's also. But yeah, they probably wouldn't. Um, out of those trades, obviously the most intriguing ones are the big swingers. So, like, if Zion was put on the table, if Jaw was put on the table. Again, assuming Dame wants to go there, assuming you decide to trade Dame, to me, trades like that would be interesting. I would like I wouldn't trade Dame for anything more than like, or anything less than, like a guaranteed All NBA player. If we're going that route, unless we're going like young, and I need young, and I need, but even when you're talking about picks, like okay, you just gave me four first round picks, but how many of those picks are gonna like translate? I want to I want to trade like the um, Clippers for Shea Gilgis Alexander. Mm-hmm. Give me a really good young player. Plus, I mean, they gave him a ton of picks. I'm not asking for that many, but it's like I want a really good young player. Plus the picks, especially because Zion's having his issues in in uh, New Orleans. Jaw's having his issues in Memphis. I don't I don't know if they would do that, but assuming Dame wants out, I'd be willing to get bring in either of those two players for Dame if I had to trade him. Yeah, because you're at the point in the rebuild. You're not like. Like when the Spurs traded DeJounte Murray. They're like, just whoever wants to give us as many picks, like, cool. Or like the Jazz, they're like, let's just get as many picks as we can. You're at the point where you, you need good young players. who are I, Well, right. basically, I need a, a good all-star that'll still be good, assuming we get... I, I'm just going to assume we draft Scoot with three. Assuming when Scoot and Sharp and Simons are all like ready 
and near their peak. I need an all-star that'll still be there. This is, where, this is why you need, like, Paul George, like, two years ago. Yeah. Paul George, I would love, like, a couple-year Paul George against or with Dame. Like, that'd be fun, too. All right, last second thoughts, or last second prediction, I guess, as of right now. Not what you want to happen, what you think is going to happen. I feel like they'll draft some, they'll keep number three, and then Dame will play this whole season as a Blazer, and then we'll just do it all again next summer. <laughs> Let's do it all again, or we'll maybe trade him at the deadline. If, he, if things are going wrong, like if we draft Scoot, and he's just not there, he's not NBA ready yet. And Dame's like, okay, well, I'm running out of time, guys. It's I would like to be gone by the time the deadline passes. Could happen then. I would guess it would wait until the off next off season. Yeah, it, assuming things went. It does I mean, seem like two bad seasons in a row. If we had three, that's probably Dame's yeah, like, that's okay, it. yeah, yeah. It does seem like something that should happen in the off season. Just like you said, as monumental as it would be for Portland, like it doesn't seem like oh yeah, you can't be like, like oh yeah, gone. so. He's gone, yeah. but also you have a game on Tuesday. Let's get ready yeah. to go. Like, no, nah, like I would like it to be in the off season. Won't be this off season, I don't think. I, I think I agree, and as of right now, I would say so. But I agree with what you said of some of the comments that he's have come out. I don't think he's done this in the past off seasons, right? He's never been as upfront of like, hey, like the Heat would be kind of nice. I don't. I don't think I've seen destinations before. Yeah, because it's kind of like the Russell Wilson stuff that happened. It's like I don't want to be traded, but yeah, if I was, like, hmm. I have a list ready to go. Yeah, like come on, no strange, but but also if I had to, well, I I said this about Russ too, but if I had to trust one star in the league, it'd be him. So it's like he says he doesn't <laughs> want to be traded. I don't want to be traded. And he was asked, "Are you gonna if it you know by the time the start date comes around, are you gonna be a Blazer?" He said, "Yes." I think that'll hold true. I think this is probably a question for next offseason, assuming we. Don't do well this coming year. Yeah, because I think three bad years in a row—that's that's the line. I don't know if I can take another season of Dame off-season trade rumors. I but. mean, it's every single off-season, even when the Blazers were like good. It's always like, well, they were good, but they're not great. So yeah. Dame needs to go. I'm like, no, dude, just let him hang out. He's happy here. Yeah. I just hope for your sake that whatever happens, I don't get a text from you saying like. When are the Sonics coming back? Like, I'm done as a Blazers fan. Close. The last two years, man, are killer. I miss the Sonics. 2024. Yeah, that'll I mean, be... I'll always be a Blazers fan, but I think if the Sonics come back, I'll be... Yeah. It'd be hard not to root for yeah, the your, team. your team coming back. That was a lot of Portland talk, but I think it was worthwhile. We'll see what happens. And... Yeah, again, like I said, for your sake, I hope something good happens. And I'll be back when, when something, something happens. happens yeah. Either in a, saying, yes, we did something great, or like, oh, oh my, my God, everything is back. terrible. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Thanks for coming on, and we'll see you next time. That will do it for the episode. Thanks again to my brother Chris for coming on and talking Portland with me. We will be back this weekend on Sunday. You know, just because the NBA playoffs are over doesn't mean the NBA stops plenty of off-season coverage to get to plenty of other sports uh, MLB of course going on WNBA and then a bunch of movies and other entertainment stuff coming this summer so make sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts Spotify or YouTube and we will see you on Sunday